Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. If you've not already, I do encourage you to check out my ebooks, All I Needed to Know I Learned from Columbo, and All I Needed to Know I Learned from Dragnet. They examine the careers and histories of seven great fictional detectives and policemen, as well as life lessons that can be learned from them. They are available as ebooks or also as audiobooks through the Apple Store and Audible.com. Well, now let's go ahead and get into this week's episode of Mr. Chameleon. The original air date, December the 15th, 1948, and the title is Mr. Chameleon's Strangest Murder Case. Next, Mr. Chameleon's Strangest Murder Case. Tonight, we again present the famous Mr. Chameleon of Central Headquarters in his most famous cases of crime and murder, brought to you by the makers of genuine Bayer aspirin. Now let me tell you just who Mr. Chameleon is. A college man, he tried from childhood to live up to the name he bore, Chameleon, by taking on the color of whatever situation in which he found himself, appearing in endless guises, finally entering the police force where he became known as Chameleon, the man of many faces, the underworld's most dreaded man. The listener invariably knows who Mr. Chameleon is no matter which disguise he assumes, but the criminal he's tracking down seldom does. Tonight we give you Mr. Chameleon in Mr. Chameleon's Strangest Murder Case. It is early evening, and in the luxurious duplex apartment of Jim and Polly Towers, Jim is angrily pacing up and down. His face is livid, his voice trembling with rage as he says to the weeping girl on the sofa, Tell me the truth, Polly. What was that man doing here? Why was Billy Kellum here in this apartment? Jim, dear, please don't let your temper get the best of you. Then tell me what that shady nightclub hanger-on was doing here. I told you I knew him when I was singing at the Gilded Lilies. After all, dear, all nightclub people aren't shady. I was one before you married me. Oh, Jim. Jim, I'm so miserable. I'm so frightened. Oh, darling, I'm sorry. Jim, you're quite right. Billy Kellum is a dreadful creature. I thought I'd gotten rid of his kind long ago, but suddenly last month he turned up here at the apartment. He's been telephoning me. He's even been following me on the street. And I don't know what to do about it. I really think the man is mad. I suppose he's been making love to you. Yes. Yes, he has. He was a horrible nuisance in the old days, and now it's unbearable. Polly, why didn't you tell me before? I was afraid to. 
But I really think Billy is mad. I cannot get rid of him. You won't have to get rid of him. That's my job. Now, many hours later, we find Mr. Chameleon, the famous detective, the man of many disguises, in his own attractive home. But Mr. Chameleon is doing something most unusual for him. At 11 o'clock at night, he is in his bed and sleeping soundly, but not for long, for the telephone beside him shrills out. Hello? Hello, Chameleon. Commissioner, oh, no, 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 not you. This is the first night in two months I've gotten to bed before midnight. Sorry, Chameleon, but I've got a nice little job for you. Ever hear of Jim Towers? The Oklahoma oil man? Who hasn't heard of him? A few years ago, he married that lovely girl who was such a nightclub sensation, Polly Newell. Hey, what a memory. Well, what about Jim Towers? Well, there's a man named Billy Kellum. You mean the nightclub press agent? That's right. Billy Kellum was found shot to death in the parking space back of the Gilded Lily. Who shot him? Uh, we don't know. That's why I'm calling you, Chameleon. But less than an hour earlier, Jim Towers was looking for him, flourishing a gun and threatening to kill Kellum. Now, if I were you, Chameleon, I'd take Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold and get over to Jim Towers' apartment immediately. I'll be over there in three minutes. <laughs> Chameleon, it's unthinkable that my husband would kill anyone. Jim Towers is the sweetest man in the world. Everyone will tell you that. Quite a few already have told me that, Mrs. Towers. One of your husband's friends and the doorman of this apartment house. They agreed that Jim Towers is a wonderful guy with a terrible temper. But even so, Mr. Chameleon... Billy Kellum was murdered about 10 o'clock. Where was your husband at that time? Well, he... He was out. He, he stayed downtown on business. He isn't back yet? Well, no... Yes. Yes, he came in about 11 and said he didn't feel well. He went to his room, but... But what, Mrs. Towers? He went out again. He said he was too restless to sleep. He said he wanted to take a walk. He'll be back any minute. What did he have against the murdered man, Billy Kellum? Oh, I... 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 Nothing. Why was he looking for him and waving a gun in several night spots earlier this evening? Well, Billy Kellum used to be my press agent when I was a nightclub singer. But Jim couldn't have threatened him. He had no reason to. Mrs. Tars, you are lying to protect your husband. Dave? Yes, Mr. Chameleon? Bring in Mrs. Tars' maid, please. What does Ada have to do with it? Ada? Oh, Mrs. Towers, they asked me and I had to tell them. I told them I heard Mr. Towers saying that... that he'd kill Mr. Kellum because Mr. Kellum was bothering you. But you didn't even know about it. Oh, yes, you did. The door was open to the kitchen. I couldn't help hearing. You were eavesdropping. I heard it, Mrs. Towers. I couldn't help hearing. Thank you, Ada. Dave, keep an eye on her, please, will you? Right. Mrs. Towers, I've got to search your husband's room. What for, Mr. Camille? Why should you search Jim's room? You won't find anything in here. Nevertheless, I would like to search it. This the clothes closet? Mr. Chameleon, my husband hasn't committed any crime. I love him. I know him. He couldn't be guilty of murder. What's this? Sort of shoebox? Mr. Chameleon, listen to me. If Jim was jealous and hot-tempered, it was only because he loved me so much. You must believe me. Ms. Towers, is this your husband's gun? Uh, yes, I, I guess so. Polly? 
Oh, Polly. Oh, here's Jim now. Polly, I just couldn't... Who's this? Jim. Oh, sweet. Who's this man? My name is Chameleon, Mr. Tars. I'm a detective from Central Headquarters. Detective. You're the famous Chameleon? What are you doing here? What are you doing with my gun? Oh, Jim. Jim, Billy Callum's been murdered. Murdered? Yes, Mr. Tars, and the bullet that killed him came from a Colt forty-five, Like this gun of yours. I see there is one cartridge missing. Jim, he thinks you killed Billy Callum. I didn't kill him, Mr. Chameleon. I didn't even see Billy tonight. Polly, I'm innocent. You must believe me, I'm innocent. I repeat, the bullet that killed Kellum was from a forty-five Colt, a popular weapon in Oklahoma, I'm told, and you, Mr. Towers, come from Oklahoma. The whole picture doesn't look very good for you. I tell you, I didn't do it. That remains to be seen, Mr. Towers. For your sake, I hope you didn't do it. Anyway, Detective Sergeant Arnold and I will see you and Mrs. Towers later. Dave, come along. Let's be on our way. Right, Mr. Chameleon. Good night. Good night. Good night. Dave, what do you think about this affair? Oh, it looks like Jim Towers did it all right. It's too bad. The wife of his Polly is sure a peach, Mr. Chameleon. If I could find a gal like that, I'd get married tomorrow. Before she married Jim Tower, she was a nightclub singer, the toast of the town. Sure a tough break for the kid. What you said to Towers was right, though, Mr. Chameleon. The case certainly looks black for him. Black, you say, Dave? Well, that gives me an idea. First thing tomorrow, I'm going to question some of the murdered man's friends. And Mr. Chameleon does find the murdered man's girlfriend. We hear him say... So, Daisy O'Malley, you were Billy Kellum's girlfriend, eh? Listen, Mr. Chameleon, you're a smart cop. I know lots of guys that are scared to death of you. Maybe they're right. But what the devil makes you think I was Billy Kellum's girl? Weren't you, Miss O'Malley? Call me Daisy. Dainty Daisy, the dancing doll. And I had a darn sight better act than Polly Towers did, too. She just stood there looking pretty and chirping a few high notes. And what happens? She married Jim Towers, a millionaire Oklahoma oil man. So you're jealous of Polly Towers, huh? I was not jealous of her. She may have got Jim Towers, but I had Billy Kellum, and that was good enough. Oh. That's all right, Daisy. I was pretty sure you were Billy's girl. Did you kill him? Huh? He was shot in the dark in a parking lot back of that nightclub, the Gilded Lily. No one saw it happen. It might have been anyone. Even you. Mr. Chameleon, are you nuts? You were jealous of Polly Towers, and Billy Killam was still in love with her. In love with her? He couldn't stand Polly Towers. He told me he couldn't stand her. Is that why he was always bothering her? Always trying to see her? He had to see her. He was shaking her down for something. I'll bet. Yes, he was. He had something on Polly Towers. I don't know what it was, but he was trying to get money out of her. Daisy, you're kidding yourself. What could he have on her, the lovely Polly... The lovely Mrs. Jim Towers. Well, I don't know, Mr. Chameleon, but... But maybe it had something to do with Jack. Ja- who? Jack Burton. A serious type guy who was crazy in love with Polly. You mean Jack Burton, the newspaper man? Yeah, sure. Why don't you look him up instead of pestering me? Trying to make me think my Billy wasn't in love with me. You may have an idea there, Daisy. I think I'll look in on Jack Burton and have a little chat. Oh. 
My name is Chameleon, and this is Detective Sergeant Arnold. Chameleon, the famous detective? Sure, I know you. You're famous for disguises. You must read the newspapers you work for, Mr. Burton. I understand you're a rewrite man. That's right. We're here in connection with the murder of Billy Kellum. I want to talk to you about Polly Towers. Polly? That's right. I've been told you're in love with Polly Towers. Well? Mr. Chameleon, I'm not in the habit of discussing my emotions with the police or anyone else. This is a case of murder, Mr. Burton. Polly's husband, Jim Towers, is being held for the shooting of Billy Kellum. I know that. Would you be pleased if Jim Towers were out of the picture? If Jim Towers were convicted, that would leave the field open for you with Polly, wouldn't it? Just what do you think I am? A man who's in love with a very lovely girl. Yes, Polly Towers is lovely and fine and good. But what could I give her? Nothing at all. But let me tell you something. I'm glad that Billy Kellum is dead. I'd be glad to kill anyone who tried to hurt Polly. Oh, you would, huh? Did you hear that, Mr. Chameleon? I did, Dave. But that doesn't mean I did. Now, excuse me, the paper's almost ready to go to press. And don't worry, Chameleon. I'll be right here in this newspaper office in case you want me. Goodbye. So, Mr. Chameleon, this guy Jack Burton would be willing to kill anyone who tried to hurt Polly Towers. Yes, so he says. Well, Dave, does it all look quite so simple now? Simple? Mr. Chameleon, there are wheels within wheels within wheels. Exactly. And I have a feeling before this mystery of Billy Kellum's murder is finally solved, it may be the strangest I've ever handled. And in its way, one of the most horrible... Mr. Chameleon's strangest murder case continues in just a moment. When you're suffering from an ordinary headache, neuritic, or neuralgic pain, you want two things. First, you want something that will give you fast relief. And second, you want something that will give you dependable relief. So listen. People everywhere know that because it's actually ready to go to work in two seconds, Bayer Aspirin provides fast relief. And they know that because it's gentle to the system, it also provides dependable relief. The fact is that Bayer Aspirin has been used by millions of normal people without ill effect, a record no other pain reliever can match. And that means that of all pain relievers, Bayer Aspirin is one you can take with complete confidence. So when you have a headache, don't experiment with drugs that have not been proved by years of successful use. For the two most important kinds of relief, the fast relief you want and the dependable relief you need, do as millions do. Be sure with Bayer Aspirin. When you buy, ask for it by its full name, Bayer Aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer Aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. And now, back to Mr. Chameleon's strangest murder case. It is some time later, and in the office of the Commissioner of Police, the Commissioner is frowning intently at Chameleon. And Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold, too, looks puzzled and disturbed as he says, But what do you expect to accomplish, Mr. Chameleon? Hasn't Polly Towers gone through enough without putting her through more unpleasantness and trouble? Dave, her husband, is being held for murder. The circumstantial evidence is all against him. The maid's testimony is looking for Kellum that night of the murder. In fact, the fatal bullet came from a forty-five, like his. Only it might not have been his gun, Chameleon. Our ballistics experts can't say positively. Well, that's it, Commissioner. There are other forty-fives, plenty of them. No one saw the actual shooting. Might have been Jack Burton. It might have been Daisy O'Malley. Who knows? 
But I intend to find out. But what will we gain by hounding Polly Towers? Why, Dave, I didn't realize Sir Galahad had joined the police force. Oh, me? Hey, listen, I'm as hard as nails. Mm Mm-hmm, yes, yes. Billy uh, Kellum's uh, killer is as hard as nails, too. But really hard. And, Dave, I propose that we get them. That's why I'm going to pose as Billy Kellum's partner. Partner in blackmailing. Blackmailing? You're going to go in disguise and pose as a blackmailer? That's the idea, Dave. Didn't Daisy O'Malley say that the murdered man, Billy Kellum, might have been blackmailing Polly Towers about Jack Burton? Yeah, yeah, so she did. Well, in my disguise as a blackmailer, I'll take the name of Ludovic. Lou Ludovic. One of those creatures who crawl out of the woodwork. And as you think that Polly Towers will turn to Jack Burton when you start your blackmail act on her? Yes, possibly. Her husband is jail. She has no one else to turn to. Also, I'll see to it that Daisy O'Malley finds out that this Ludovic's making the rounds, claiming he has absolute evidence against the killer. Oh, so that's your game. Mm-hmm. That's my game, Commissioner. That's what I'll tell Polly Towers when I manage to get in to see her as Lou Ludovic, which may take uh, quite a lot of time. Also, I hope will lead me somewhere. And Mr. Chameleon is quite right. It does take a lot of time for the oily Lou Ladovic to get to see Mrs. Polly Towers. But we find Chameleon now in his disguise as Lou Ladovic. Slick back hair, pinstriped suit, gray fedora hat, saying to Polly's maid, Ada, Please, uh, just tell Mrs. Towers that Mr. Ladovic is here. I'm sure she will see me. Well, I know she won't. And if you don't stop bothering us, we'll call the police. The police? I do not fear the police. I am here as a friend. You're no friend of Mrs. Towers. She says she never heard of you. She has heard of Billy Kellum. And you're just as bad as he was. You act just like he did. Uh, Billy was persistent, uh, so am I. Mrs. Towers might better see me and get it over with. Listen, you. Mrs. Towers has had enough trouble. It's all right, Ada. Let him in. Maybe he's right. I might just as well see him and get it over with. Mrs. Towers, this is a great pleasure. I have long wanted to meet you. I am sure Billy Kellum spoke of me. You're mistaken. He never mentioned you. Come into the living room. Ada, you can go. Yes, Mrs. Towers, but if you need me... I'm not afraid. And please close the kitchen door. Yes, Mom. Now, Mr. Ludovic, what can I do for you? As uh, Daisy O'Malley would say... uh, Please call me Lou. Though uh, Daisy would say, please call me Daisy, wouldn't she? Who is Daisy O'Malley? What has she got to do with this? She was a friend of uh, Billy Kellum's, too, just as I am, Mrs. Towers. Now admit that he must have mentioned me. I don't think you quite understand. Mr. Kellum never discussed anyone. He made my life miserable with his personal interest in me. Who can blame him? You're even more beautiful than he said. But he never spoke of you, Mr. Ladovic. Never, at any time. He did not tell you I was his partner? His partner in his, uh, blackmailing activities? That it was I who got the goods on you and Jack Burton? Blackmailed? Are you crazy? Billy never blackmailed me. And Jack Burton, why, Jack and I were simply good friends. How could you get the goods on us? I don't know what you mean. Don't you, Mrs. Towers? No. Billy never blackmailed me. He thought he was in love with me, that was all. Is it possible that I could be mistaken? You certainly are mistaken. 
And now, Mr. Ladovic, get out of my house. Very well, I'm mistaken. It was a shot in the dark. But, uh, Mrs. Towers, I am not mistaken when I say I have evidence that will convict Billy Kellum's murderer. What? You mean you have evidence against my husband? Draw your own conclusions. No, I don't believe you. This is a trick of some kind. You couldn't have evidence. You, you, you couldn't possibly. Do you uh, wish to take a chance on that? Do you, Mrs. Towers? What is the evidence? You think I am Santa Claus? It'll cost you a thousand dollars to know and for me to keep my mouth shut. I, I don't believe you. It's a trick. I wouldn't take a chance on that. In fact, if I were you, I would bring $8,000 to my rooming house down on Sullivan Street. I... I will give you the number. You simply walk in. My room is on the ground floor, the first door to the right. I would uh, be there tonight at 8 o'clock if I were you, Mrs. Towers. <laughs> This is a charming little rat hole, eh, Mr. Chameleon? Yes, Dave. Just the kind of place where Lula Dovic would conduct his business. He'd live at a swanky uptown hotel, I'm sure, but this is the sort of hole... Where he'd blackmail helpless women. Dave, I expect to trap the killer tonight. Did you tell the landlady we want uh, no one to disturb us for a while? And I paid her plenty. And the poor guy who really rents this room, too. Hey, Mr. Chameleon, are you really going to stand with your back to the window so someone from the street could take a shot at you? I've got to, Dave. Well... At least a couple of plainclothesmen outside will grab them quick. Well, I'm not worried. Well, you should be. A shot in the back. No, I'm not worried. Just you get behind that curtain when she comes. If she comes. But... No if about it, my friend. Who's there? Mr. Ladovic. Okay, Dave. Behind the curtain. Is that you, Mrs. Towers? Yes. Well, come in. Welcome to my humble abode, Mrs. Towers. A poor thing but mine own, as your Mr. Shakespeare would say. Mr. Ladovic. You uh, still will not call me Lou? Mr. Ladovic, I only came here to tell you I don't believe you. You have no evidence that Jim, that my husband murdered Billy Kellum. I have evidence which will convict the killer, Mrs. Towers. Uh, will you pardon me for not turning on more light, my dear? This shade is broken and I feel better without too much light on. Mr. Ladovic, you're lying. You have no evidence. I know your kind. The gilded lily where I once worked was crawling with them. That's why it was so wonderful to get out of that awful atmosphere. Come to the point, please. I have the evidence. Give me the thousand dollars. I know you brought it with you. No. No, I, I didn't. Of course you did. What's a thousand dollars to you, Mrs. Polly Towers? Jim Towers is very, very rich man. Give me the money. All right. I couldn't take the chance. Though I still don't believe you have any evidence. Give me the money. The only thing is, Mr. Ladovic, this won't be the end. If I give you this, you'll keep on asking me for more. Mrs. Towers... You will have to take a chance on that, too. The money, please. I have it here in my purse. <gasps> What's the matter? Mr. Ladovic, there's someone outside on the street watching us through the window. No. Yes, there is. 
They're standing quite close to the window. Is it a man or a woman? Why don't you look for yourself? Oh, no! They have a gun. They're raising it to shoot. They're going to kill you. Kill me? Yes, you cheap blackmailer. Only I'm the one that's going to kill you. I... Let go of my wrist. Did you oh. think that I'd really turn my back on you, Polly Towers? Do you think I wasn't prepared to have you pull a knife on me or shoot me in the back? Though a knife was smarter this time. Let go of me. Let... You're not Lola Dovey. You're Mr. Chameleon. Quite right, Mrs. Towers, and I'm arresting you for the murder of Billy Kellum. Dave. Yes, Mr. Chameleon. Don't tell me it's Mrs. Towers. Frightfully sorry to disillusion you, Dave. I couldn't bear to do it in the last minute. But I'm going to need help to get this little wildcat down to a cell in central headquarters. Sit down, Mr. Burton. Mr. Chameleon, I... I wanted you present during our little talk with Polly Towers. I want you to understand what sort of a woman you've been involved with and how easily you yourself could have been charged with being an accomplice to murder. What? Jack, don't listen to him. If I pulled a knife on Chameleon, it's because I thought he was a, a, a dreadful creature like Billy Callum. Now, Mrs. Towers, you worked out a clever plot for the killing of two men you wanted out of your life. I'll not listen to First, you. First, you murdered the blackmailer, Billy Callum, and then you tried to have your husband pay the death penalty for a murder that you committed. I didn't. You planted your husband's gun, the gun you used to kill Callum, where I couldn't fail to find it, in your husband's room. And you left the kitchen door open so that your maid, Ada, couldn't fail to hear your husband's threats against Billy Kellum. That's a lie. And you knew that maid would tell me, and I'd be hot on the trail of your husband with deadly evidence against him. Dream on, chameleon. But what you didn't know was that the doorman of your building told me that you left and returned to the building in exactly the time you needed to kill Billy Kellum. He was murdered at about 10.15. That is when you were out. But I had no reason to murder Billy Kellum. My husband was jealous of him. I, I See, there him. it is. You're trying to plant it on your husband again. Now, I'll tell you why you killed Billy Kellum, Polly. You'd been paying him hush money for months. Your bank has a record of the checks, and I have the canceled checks. $500 every month. Stop it! Stop this it! This was your way to silence the blackmailing Kellum. Your way to get rid of your husband so that you could marry Jack Burton here. Listen, Chameleon, I've had nothing to do with this. You've been seeing her without her husband's knowledge, haven't you, Burton? Yes, I loved her. And I love you, Jack. In all my life, you're the only person I've ever loved. But I couldn't live on your salary, you know that. I needed Jim's money. Polly. With Jim out of the way, we could both use his money. I did it for you as well as myself. I did it for both of us. I... Jack. Jack, look at me. Polly, I can't believe this. That you did. No, she did, Burton. And supplied me with one of the strangest murder cases of my career. An extraordinary way to get rid of a husband. She killed Kellum and then expected the state to kill her husband for her. A diabolical pattern in criminal psychology. Jack! Jack, take me out of here! Nobody will ever take you out of here, Polly. Dave, lead this woman to her cell, please. Come along, Mrs. Towers. No! I hope, Chameleon, that you're really convinced I knew nothing of this terrible thing. If I weren't, Burton, you would be out of luck. You see that motto of my desk? Read it. You'll know why both you and Jim Towers walk out of here free men. Oh, I see. The innocent must be protected. The guilty must be punished. And I don't mind telling you, Burton, that all my sympathies are with Jim Towers.
And with these words, Mr. Chameleon concludes tonight's murder case. One reason why millions use Bayer aspirin to relieve ordinary headaches is that Bayer aspirin means amazingly fast relief. And its astonishing ability to be ready to go to work in two seconds is something you can prove right in your own home. To find out how quickly Bayer aspirin is ready to go to work, all you need do is clock its disintegrating speed. Simply drop the tablet in a glass of water. What happens in the glass happens in your stomach. And as you'll see with your own eyes when you make this test, Bayer aspirin starts disintegrating almost instantly. And this two-second action is why Bayer aspirin brings you such quick pain relief. So to relieve a headache fast, use something you can actually prove works with remarkable speed, genuine Bayer aspirin. And when you buy, ask for it by name, Bayer aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. Listen next Wednesday night at this same time for Mr. Chameleon, the man of many faces in The Woman's Weapon Murder Case. The part of Mr. Chameleon is played by Carl Swenson with dialogue by Marie Baumer from the original story by Frank and Ann Hummert. Music directed by Victor Arden. Your announcer is Howard Claney. After years of work, a revolutionary new toothpaste has been developed called Lion's Toothpaste. By actual laboratory test on scores of individual teeth, it gets teeth two and a half to five and a half times brighter than any of the five leading brands. Brighter by far than any other toothpaste. New Lion's Toothpaste does this because it's a new kind of toothpaste with a formula that's completely new and radically different. A remarkable toothpaste that cleans without soap and polishes without chalk. Try it. Ask for Lion's Toothpaste. Listen for Mr. Chameleon in The Woman's Weapon Murder Case next Wednesday night at this time. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Um, maybe this should have been called Mr. Chameleon's Most Bog Standard Murder Case. I mean, even in the 1940s, framing your husband uh, so that he gets convicted and you get his money is pretty standard for a detective story. It really didn't live up to its billing. And then there's a reference to the motto. And yes, I know I go on about it, but it's one of those things... I don't recall it being mentioned, certainly, you know, not in 1950, and I don't think in the fall 1949 episodes that are in circulation, because it's one of those things that if it existed, it would have a really embarrassing origin story. It would go something like this. Hey, Chameleon, got a moment? 
Uh, sure, Commissioner. I need to talk to you about the arrest of Mary Brandeis. Yes? Well, she was in Wisconsin at the time of the murder with eight U.S. senators, and there's a photograph taken at the time showing that she was in her wheelchair at the state capitol. Yeah, and, well, and since she's innocent, she has to be punished. Oh, no, I, I, I did it again. I got it wrong. Yeah, but, well, we've got it covered. Our lawyers aren't going to ask for much, but we've got to stop doing this. Uh, I sent Officer Dave Arnold to arrest Muggsy Wilson. And then Chameleon said, wait, the ballistics showed the bullet matched his gun, and he did it in front of a dozen witnesses. He was obviously guilty, and therefore needed to be protected. And the commissioners are shaking his head. Uh, you know, I'm doubting you as a college man. No, I'm smart, I just have trouble keeping this straight. And then we have the brainstorm. Why don't you make a reminder to yourself? Make it a motto and put it on a sign on the wall. The innocent must be protected and the guilty must be punished. And Chameleon's eyes get wise. You're a genius. I'll hang it up on my wall. If I stare at it for hours on end, there's no way I'll get mixed up. I'll also tell everyone about my motto. I, I guess you can do that, but it might make them wonder why you need reminded. That'll never happen. Well, and that, I imagine, is how Chameleon got his motto. All right, listener comments and feedback now. And Leonard has a comment regarding the uh, Mr. Chameleon episode, The Case of Death and the Blue Parrot. And he writes, The Blue Parrot is the name of the cafe owned and run by Signor Ferrari in the movie Casablanca. Well, thanks so much for the comment. There was something about the name that sounded vaguely familiar, but I couldn't place it right off. And likely, that's just a case of someone having seen the movie and the name just being in their head, rather than any attempt to rip off Casablanca. Because say what you want about the case of death and the blue parrot, it didn't really evoke Casablanca in any other way. But still, that, that's an interesting uh, reference all the same. And then we have a question from Richard regarding a program advertised on Stars in the Air. Uh, Richard uh, writes, One of the radio commercials towards the end of that show referenced a series called City Hospital. I've never heard of it and can't find any episodes available. Have you ever heard any episodes of that show? Uh, well, thanks for the question. Now, there do appear to be a couple of episodes available on RadioEchoes.com. Uh, From all reports, it appears to be a bit of a medical melodrama, and it's got a bit of a complicated history. Now, I found that there it was a city hospital radio program and a city hospital television program. The City Hospital television program starred Melvin Ruick, and there was a radio program that starred Santos Ortega and later Melvin Ruick. The radio series began over CBS, TV series began over ABC, and then moved over to CBS. Now, there does seem to be some confusion as to which started first. I found one book that stated that City Hospital was an example of a program that began on television and went to radio. 
However, as best I can find, I found a radio listing for City Hospital from October of 1951. And according to Wikipedia, it didn't start airing on television till November of 1951. Be that as it may, Melville Ruick started in the TV show and then he took over the radio show at least by 1954 and the series stayed on the air till 1958. Again, there are only two episodes in circulation. Uh, there are also some South Radio episodes of City Hospital, but I'm not certain if that had any relation to the American series. So, thanks so much for the question. Uh, the episodes that are out there are not in great shape, but there are a couple that, uh, I guess, give a sample of the series. Well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Michael, Patreon supporter since August of 2016. Currently supporting the program at the shameless level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Michael. And that will do it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. Be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you download it from. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Mr. Chameleon, but join us back here tomorrow for the conclusion of the indestructible mock matter where... Mike? <laughs> That's right. Isn't it nice they put you in the same room with me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mike. Your policeman friend, Sergeant. Mm. And he told me something, Johnny. And he's right. Mm. You've got to be careful. They're out to get you, too. <laughs> Now, here's our star to tell you about the final intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow? Well, old Mike may have been indestructible, but I knew by now that I wasn't. So tomorrow the wind-up. It had to be while I was still alive. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.